Good afternoon. Welcome to our midweek Bible study and prayer meeting. I trust the Lord has blessed you this week. And I know he has in many ways, many that you're probably aware of and some that you're not aware of. God is good. And I want you to always remember that. I want you to always keep that in your mind and in your heart. God loves you. He loves all of us. He wants us to know him through Jesus Christ. He wants us to be saved, to be born again. That is why he has given us this precious book we call the Bible. Tonight we're going to begin studying 1 Thessalonians. So while you have time to find your place in chapter 1, I want to refresh your memory on some prayer requests that I have. And I want to give you a chance, if you're watching live and you're participating in the a live event, share your prayer request if you have any, as you would like to share them. Give the detail as you would like to give it. But understand that we want to pray for one another. We want to lift each other up in prayer. We want to lift our nation up in prayer. We want to lift our local government, state government up in prayer. We want to, we want to lift our churches up. Churches are going through a very, a very dramatic change right now, a very dramatic situation. Yes, the COVID-19 has affected the membership, but churches are having to adapt. Adapt to changes that they have, have never had to adapt in the, in the history of the church. Yes, there have been uh, plagues and pandemics and things of that nature before, but in the age of technology, we have a way of communicating, getting the gospel out. We have ways of meeting with each other at a distance that we've never had before. And we've often neglected to embrace what God has given us. And we've neglected to learn to use it and to take advantage of it the way God would have us to do so in order to share his gospel. Let's lift each other up in prayer and let's ask the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and reveal to us God's wisdom and how he would have us use this technology, use this opportunity to learn about new ways to share his word and to share his precious son, Jesus Christ. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we will move into our Bible study. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you have provided, everything you have done in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the wonderful nation that you have us living in today. Lord, thank you for the governments that we have in place. Lord, we pray and we lift them up to you and we pray that you would move in the hearts and the lives and in the souls of those that are in leadership. Lord, we pray that you would move upon them in a way that they cannot uh, turn away. Lord, we pray that you would move in a way that would guide them to your principles, to your precepts, to your will, your wisdom, and your desire. Lord, we pray that they would seek you out and search for you as they make decisions. Lord, we pray that you would move in their lives, bring honesty and truthfulness into the government of our nation, of our state, of our localities. Lord, we pray that wisdom and safety could be given to each one of us that common sense could prevail. And Lord, we pray that you would lead us and guide us and direct us in making decisions that are good for ourselves, our families, 
and for our communities around us. Lord, there are those listening tonight who are struggling, who are struggling with health problems, some with the COVID-19, some with other health problems. Lord, I want to lift them up to you and ask that you would give them peace and comfort. Lord, that you would bless the hands of the caregivers and the physicians and the scientists. And Lord, that you would bless the medications that are given, that they would do the work that you had accomplished and you had given them to do. Lord, I pray that we would all give you glory for everything that is said and done in the health of the people of this great nation and around the world. Lord, I pray for those tonight who are struggling with, uh, with emotional problems and mental problems, whether it be from this virus or whatever the situation may be and whatever the circumstances may be. Lord, I pray for them. I pray for those that are in bad uh, relationships tonight, those who are struggling in fear. Lord, those who are, who are concerned about where the next meal may be coming from, those who are concerned about where the next paycheck may be coming from. Lord, I pray for all of those who are struggling financially, the business owners. Lord, the individuals who have been laid off. Lord, those who have been unable to find or failed to obtain unemployment benefits. Lord, I ask that you would move in their lives in a mighty and powerful way. I ask that you would meet that need that was closest to their life tonight. Lord, I believe that you will and I believe and I know that you can according to your word. Lord, I have faith in you that you can touch these lives and you can accomplish your purpose and your will through these lives. Lord, I pray tonight that you will bless the reading and the teaching of your word. I pray that you'll open hearts and minds. I pray that it will touch lives. I pray that it will make an impression on those listening tonight. Lord, I pray that it will draw lost souls to you for salvation. And I pray that it would draw those separated souls back to you, Heavenly Father, for your glory. And as we open your word, bless it to accomplish that which you have purposed it to do. And everything we say and everything we do will give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Well, as I said, we're going to begin looking at the book of 1 Thessalonians tonight. It is believed by many that 1 Thessalonians was the first epistle that Paul had written. He wrote it shortly after he visited there. And as we open tonight, we're going to look at his salutation or his opening in the letter. In the day, in the day that Paul wrote this, it was customary to give a salutation at the beginning of the letter and not at the end where they would, uh, when they would close the letter, they would say goodbye. We will close the letter today. We will say goodbye and we will say respectfully uh, or sincerely or something like that and put our names on it. Well, the author's name and that type of a greeting was given at the beginning of the letter in Paul's day. So we see that throughout the New Testament because it was uh, just the literary style of that day. But it also has some very significant meaning here in, in, in all of these epistles. And as we begin 1 Thessalonians, we're going to look at the first two sentences of the book in chapter 1. Paul and Silvanus, 
and Timotheus unto the church of Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. Now when Paul opens, he names himself and Silvanus or Silas, and Timotheus or Timothy. So Paul was writing on behalf of himself and giving greetings from Silas and Timothy. Now before we get much deeper into this, I want to go back and I want to look at what brought Paul to the Thessalonians. So I'm going to go back to the book of Acts. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 opens with the first five verses talking about Timothy and talking about Paul recognizing Timothy and bringing Timothy under his wing and, and bringing him on board in his journeys. And then beginning in verse 6 and going on through, Paul goes uh, to Galatia. And he is going there to preach, but the Holy Spirit tells him not to. So Paul goes on, and he goes to, uh, to Bithynia. And again, the Holy Spirit says, no, don't preach. Well, now, Paul is traveling by foot. So there are, several, there are many days travel involved here. So Paul is wanting to preach God's word, but the Holy Spirit is telling him not to. Now, I can imagine that Paul is probably getting frustrated, and Paul is probably wondering what is going on. Well, after he leaves from Bithynia, he goes and he moves uh, toward Macedonia and toward Troas, where there he spends the night in Troas and he's sleeping, and Paul receives a vision. And in that vision, he sees a man from Macedonia saying, Come help us. Well, Thessalonia or Thessalonica is in Macedonia. So Paul immediately gets everybody going and started, and they head toward Macedonia. And when they get there, they uh, they are going and they they get into Philippi. And while they're there at Philippi, he sees a group of women. And Paul starts talking to these women and preaching to them. And one of them is Lydia, a seller of purple uh, of Thyatira. And she becomes baptized in her whole household. She becomes saved and baptized. And they move on. And they go on into, uh, on from that, they move uh, into town where they are going by and they come across a woman who is possessed by a demon. She is possessed to the point of she is fortune-telling. She is a soothsayer. Well, she follows Paul, and she is teasing Paul. 
publicly saying, here is the man that claims to be, that claims to preach Jesus who will save you from your sin. And she is going around behind and going around following Paul through the streets. And Paul turns. And Paul looks at her and in the name of Jesus Christ he casts that demon out. Well, she is unhappy. The men that she works for are unhappy because they were using her, her divination to make money. So, they take Paul and Silas and they take him before the magistrates and they lock him up and they beat him, punish him. They're put in jail, they're put in chains. That night, God sends an earthquake. And during that earthquake, the chains are shaken loose and they fall off of Paul and Silas. But Paul and Silas don't go anywhere. Paul and Silas don't let any of the other prisoners go anywhere. The guard, the prison guard, is ready to fall upon his sword and kill himself because death is the penalty for a guard that would allow prisoners to escape. And Paul tells him, no, don't do that. Don't do anything, don't do anything rash. Don't do that. Nobody's going anywhere. Paul calls for lights. He shares Jesus with the jailer. And the jailer gets saved. And the jailer's household gets saved. And they too are baptized. Then they are released. And they go to Thessalonica to preach to the Thessalonians. Now I want you to picture all of that scenario with me. And I want you to think about here Paul, this missionary. He is moving on to do God's work. Yet the direction that he feels like he should be going is stopped by the Holy Spirit. And there is a delay that is given. And then Paul is directed in the direction that the Holy Spirit wants him to go. And going through all of this process, there is great trouble. There are difficulties all along the way. Until Paul finally winds up in Macedonia, Thessalonica. Now, all of that said, what does it point to us? Well, Christian, let me offer this information to you tonight. You may know where you're supposed to be going or what you're supposed to be doing. You may know your calling, your gifts. You may know what, you're, what God wants you to do. And you may have a sincere desire about how God wants that accomplished. And you may start pursuing it. But make sure you know where the Holy Spirit wants you to be. Make sure you know the direction that God is wanting to send you. And as you're traveling and moving in that direction, don't expect it to be a, a peaceful journey all the time. When there are troubles and difficulties and stumbling blocks along the way, don't let them stop you. Follow 
the path that God is putting you on. Follow the path that God is sending you down so that you can get to the people that God wants you to be. Preaching to, teaching to, ministering to. Whatever that may be. And Christian, I'm not talking to just pastors and preachers and evangelists. I'm talking to all born-again Christians. You are gifted and called to minister. Your pastor is teaching you to minister. Your pastor is preparing you to minister. At least your pastor should be. And you should be taking that and not just walking away on Sunday and going from Sunday to Sunday with it. No, you should be taking it Sunday, putting it to work on Sunday, and working it through to the next week until greater teaching expounds upon it and builds it in your life to continue your journey and your work for the Lord. Because the Great Commission applies to every born-again Christian. The struggles of Christianity belong to every born-again Christian. We're, on, we're going to have peaceful journeys, but we're also going to have difficult journeys. And those difficult journeys take us to places where God wants us to be. Whether And the devil puts those difficult journeys out there. Let's not mince any words about it. The devil puts those stumbling blocks up there. The devil knew that Paul was going to Macedonia. And the devil knew that he did not want Paul in Macedonia. So he was trying to distract, discourage, stop, maybe even kill the Apostle Paul. And even Silas. But God had other plans. Don't be discouraged by the treachery of the devil. Don't be discouraged by the failings of and the falterings of people along the way. You see, God has a greater plan for you. Now let's go back to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, the first 10 verses talk about the model church and the three tenses of the Christian life. Now we're not going to cover all of that tonight. But tonight I do want us to look at the model church, or at least begin looking at it. So we know that Paul and Silas and Timothy uh, uh, came and we know that that letter was written to the church of the Thessalonians where God, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul immediately goes straight to the point. He knows that this church is Christian. He knows that when he came and established this church, all of the blood, sweat, and tears that it took to get him there established a sound church. He gave testimony of that. Can somebody give testimony to your life as a Christian? Now, when we look at church here, it, it doesn't speak to a building and a steeple. It speaks to the heart, the lives, and the, and the salvation of the believers in Christ, of the saints of God. 
And with that, it speaks to the way they've carried themselves after Paul established the church. So, after you've been saved, can someone make that kind of testimony about you? Can someone say about you that that you are in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ? Could they tell you? Could they tell that about you? Could they say that about you without you having to tell them? If someone was reading your posts on Facebook, would they know that you are a Christian without you having to tell them? If someone were listening to you at work at the water cooler, would they know that you are a Christian without you having to tell them? If your neighbors or your friends are around you during a ball game, during a car race, out on a fishing trip, would they know that you are a Christian without you having to tell them? You see, Paul knew the Thessalonians were born-again believers without them having to tell him. He knew their testimony. You see, their testimony of how they live and how they behave themselves and the life that they live, it traveled to where Paul was. Paul knew and had heard about the great works for the Lord that these people were doing. And he was writing to let them know that he understood. That he knew that he had heard. And how thankful he was. He says, grace be unto you and peace. Grace and peace. Two words that mean so much to a Christian. We are saved by grace through faith. And through that saving grace comes peace that is beyond that is beyond words. And Paul said when he says grace and peace be unto you then he is saying for it to be to them for it to be multiplied to them. You see Paul knew from the testimonies that he had heard from others about them, what a great work in Christ they were doing, and how they were leading others to the Lord. So we can learn something about this. We can learn something about from the Thessalonians right off the bat about endurance, about perseverance and patience, and about being steadfast in who we are. He says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. When Paul says that he gives thanks always, that's what he means. Paul went through a lot to bring the gospel to the Thessalonians. He endured a lot. Beatings and hecklings and, 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 and 
and, and the frustrations of having himself diverted by the Holy Spirit to get there. He, he endured a lot to get to these people, and they meant a lot to him. And the work that God done through him there meant a lot to Paul. So when Paul walked away, he didn't just walk away and forget these people. He kept them in his heart. Do you still have people in your heart that you've led to the Lord or that you've witnessed to? That you have labored over? Sadly today, the trend today is to put somebody on a prayer list for a short while, go visit them a couple of times, and if they don't come to know the Lord, then scratch them off and move on to another person. And I don't need that to be as cold as it sounds, but that's the reality of where we're at today in the church. Yet Paul remembered these folks daily. Yes, they were an encouraging group. And we have encouraging people among us that we can remember daily also. We need to be mindful of these things. We need to be mindful of who we're praying for, why we're praying for them, what the real purpose of our prayers are for. They're not for us. They're so God can be glorified. They're so people's souls will be saved. They are because of love. And we're going to expound upon that shortly. But, but we can learn from these opening salutations to look not just at ourselves and what we think and what we feel and what we personally believe and get beyond our opinions and get back to what God says we should be concerned about. And not forgetting in our prayers, the most important things that he wants us to remember. He wants us to encourage one another. He wants us to remember each other in, the, in failure and fault. He doesn't want us kicking each other to the curb. He wants us upholding one another. He wants us helping each other. He wants us to Lift everybody up. Lift ourselves up. Lift each other up in prayer. Always. Not just occasionally. Not just when we think about it. But always. Can you think of anything more encouraging to you to know that someone was daily mentioning you in prayer? Then imagine how that other person will feel when you're doing it for them. I know it's a blessing to me when I know people are praying for me. It's an uplifting feeling when I know that others are, are loving me and caring for me enough to remember me. And I know that folks do that daily because I can feel it. And I hope they know that I'm doing it likewise to them and lifting them up. So we know about prayer. And we know about the importance of it now. 
And he goes on in verse 3 to say, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Remembering without ceasing. Paul has not forgotten their work of faith, their labor of love, and their patience of hope. Their work of faith. The Thessalonians, we're going to see they endured quite a bit. We're going to see they had some very difficult days and very difficult times. And they had a lot of confusion and there were a lot of people trying to confuse them. But they held on to their faith. They refused to be misled or deceived. They may have been confused. They may have had questions. And Paul will answer those. But they still held on to their faith and they worked their faith. Sadly today, we not only are a society that's out of shape physically, we are a society that's out of shape spiritually. We fail to exercise our bodies and we fail to exercise our faith. It would do us good to spend time in 1 Thessalonians and really meditate on what Paul is saying and exercise our faith as Paul has lifted these people up and has used them and showing them to be a model church. Exercising our faith can look many ways. It can, it can be many different things. Just like physical exercise in someone's life can be different. My physical exercise now will be much different than it was a year ago because of health problems I have now that I didn't have then. But nonetheless, I can still exercise my body. Likewise, a person's exercise of their faith is going to change given their maturity, given their spiritual growth, and given the direction that God is leading and guiding them. But nonetheless, exercise of the faith needs to be taking place just as readily as exercise of the body. Because without exercise of the faith, we have problems with the second one, which is the labor of love. Love is a labor. Let's not sugarcoat that. It is a work to love people. Especially in the day that we live in. Because all of us, all of us, can be unlovable. Every one of us. That's why Paul says it is a labor of love. When Jesus was asked what is the greatest commandment, he said it is to love God with all your body, mind, and soul. And he said the second is likened to it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's where it was left. Paul expounds upon it and calls it a labor of love. You see, to love God involves labor. Paul had to work to get to Thessalonica in order to preach the gospel. That was a labor of love to do God's work. 
The love of God was a labor to get there to give that good news, to give that gospel. Likewise, love inside the home between a husband and wife can be a labor. If you don't believe that, ask my wife. She can tell you it's a labor sometimes to love me. It can be a labor to love those next door neighbors that often aren't very lovable. It can be a labor to love the family member that isn't lovable. It can be a labor to love you when you're not lovable. But in order to make that labor work and in order to achieve this, it goes back to a work of faith. We, we get the work of faith right. Then the labor of love is a path that is easily followed, but not necessarily a path that is easily conquered. But it is doable. And it is doable by faith. By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith in the one who was powerful enough to save your soul and redeem you. He is also powerful enough to bring you through a work of faith and a labor of love. And he doesn't stop there. And Paul goes on to say, and patience of hope. Patience comes with tribulation, we're told. So that means the patience that Paul was talking about, the patience of hope, comes out of tribulation. And that makes sense when we stop and really think about it. Hope is the expecting of something that is promised. Hope is looking for something that is promised even though we can't see it. And often the reason we can't see it is because there are so many tribulations and troubles in our life that they're blocking our path. We're spending too much time looking on those troubles and not looking for the hope that lies in the future. We have to be patient as we look for that hope. The work of faith, the labor of love, the patience of hope. They work together, but the foundation of them is the work of faith. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives like he did in Paul's life to get to Thessalonia? And are we allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives as these folks in Thessalonia did in order to develop that work of faith, that labor of love, that patience of hope? We know it can be done. If God gives us this in his book as an example for us to read and to learn from, then he expects us to put it to work in our life. Think of that. Think of how powerful that would be in the church today, in every Christian's life today. If we could have the things that were discussed in these two sentences... And we're not done yet in verse 4. Knowing 
Knowing, Paul says, brethren beloved, your election of God. Paul says, you can't fool me. I know. I know your election of God. Your testimony shows. You don't have to tell me. I already know. Have you ever been in the presence of someone without knowing their name, without ever being around them before, and just know you're in the presence of a believer? You're in the presence of a born-again Christian? I have. And it's a wonderful feeling to know that our spirits coincide. It's a wonderful feeling to know without anyone saying a word that you're in the presence of another saint. Folks, God wants us to be that person. God wants you and I to grow into this position and into this place. And you know what? It's not something we can wish for. It's something that we can have if we're willing to do it God's way. To follow His instructions. To follow His directions. To follow His guidance. Well, that's all I have for you tonight. I hope you found some encouragement. I hope you found some inspiration. I hope that some of you have learned something tonight. And I hope you continue to and join us every Wednesday evening for this study in 1 Thessalonians as we take a few verses every Wednesday evening and we will expound upon them until we go through this book and then we will review it we will go back over it in a very short way and we will look at what God really intends for us tonight until next time pray with me before we leave Heavenly Father thank you for the, for the words you've given Thank you for your precious book. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for each one that's listening tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray that your word will touch hearts and lives. I pray that it will encourage, inspire, uplift. Heavenly Father, I pray it will edify. Lord, thank you for giving me help to stand and to preach and to teach your word. Lord, I ask that you would bless each one that's watching tonight. Bless them mightily. Uh, affect the prayer request that we've given earlier. You know the needs in every life. And Heavenly Father, until we can meet again, may Jesus Christ be lifted up and glorified. For it's in his name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and may God bless you, is my prayer.